0: to Same Old City, a new podcast about York City FC. I'm Simon Craft, and who do I have with me? Uh, my name is Ben Ospinal. So, after all the excitement of the takeover, uh, the signings pre-season, uh, the season is finally underway, and fair to say we've um, come crashing back down to earth with an opening day defeat. Uh, so we're, we're going to give you all the reaction to that. Uh, ben, uh, you were at the game, I believe? Mm-hmm. Um so we're going to have sort of a report from from Wealdstone, what happened there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have a you know discussion about the, the takeover and our thoughts on on pre-season as well. Um mm-hmm. and then we are going to do a deep dive into a, a retro topic. Um and it's a good one this week. It's uh the playoff final against Luton from 2012. Uh before moving on to looking ahead to sort of the next couple of weeks. Uh, the upcoming fixtures uh, and so on so that's kind of the the format of the show we look at the present then the past then the future um but yeah let's start with wieldston to city one uh from yesterday so like i say you made the the long journey down south ben um what's your sort of well if we start with how it was as an away day uh, and then get into the match uh how would you sort of sum it up
1: well, it's a strange one because because um, I didn't go to the game last season uh, for, you know, personal reasons. But um, what I enjoyed about the uh, occasion this weekend was um, there was a good number of City fans there. Um, I didn't quite do it all by hand, but I made made it about seven hundred or eight hundred York uh, fans there. Uh, the Wilson Social Club was um, very welcoming, um, certainly before the game, less so after the game, but um, and locals were fine as well. Um, the pubs in Milstone were uh, very hospitable. They were welcoming us to uh, to the area of London, uh, letting us know where to go for another drink, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they were great. Um, so in terms of that, uh, you know, distant away game that you've not been to before, I've got absolutely no complaints. So um, unfortunately, I don't think the stadium was particularly great. It was a bit ramshackle, but you know, I'm not not, not, not going to be too critical about uh, another team stadium, but. Uh, before the uh, the game kicked off, it seemed like it was all set up for, uh, you know, that first proper away game of the season.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've never been to Wildston either. Um, but yeah, I've heard that the facilities are fairly basic, but that's that's nice to hear you had a good welcome from them anyway. I was listening on the radio back at home, um, and obviously the, the, the lineup was released. Um, it was a bit of a surprise, really, um, in terms of trying to figure out what system we were playing. You know, was it mm-hmm. was it the 4-3-3 that we've seen throughout pre-season or was it a switch to 3-5-2? Uh, who was at wing-back? Um, <clears throat> what was the sort of feeling inside the ground when you when you saw the team sheet?
1: There's a very strange reaction to it because um, the game kicked off and that that classic thing of York fans like point, literally pointing at players trying to work out who was playing where. Um, I got the impression it was a 3-5-2 but a, bit, a little bit lopsided. Uh, Maz was playing at left wing-back with Ando at right wing-back. Um it made a lot of sense with the injury problems to play three at the back. I don't think I have a problem with that whatsoever. It's more the issue of spending a what a month and a half playing four three three and then last minute changing it to a three five two. um perhaps injuries and fitness issues um made it you, know, you had to, you had to do that i I appreciate that, but there was certain elements to the 11 and the formation, and the tactics, even immediately that I was a little bit
0: sceptical about. But um... Yeah, I mean, it, like you say, there had been a big emphasis on, you know, we're moving to this new way of playing 4-3-3. Mm-hmm. That seemed to be the way we were lining up throughout pre-season. Uh, Morton was sort of giving a big emphasis on, you know, we're, g- we're going to be playing a slightly different way, more positive, And that sort of fit with not needing three centre-backs. So it was a bit mm-hmm. of a... Surprise for me to see it as well. And obviously we're saying it was forced on his way injuries, but we still ended up playing Maz at wing back. So you you're putting players out of position anyway. So I'm not sure it was really forced. Um yeah. but yeah, I guess I guess maybe there was some logic in wanting to to, to put John Lewis and Depot and up front together. But um, I, I
1: think the other issue is um Maz at left wing back. I can I can live with it, you know, I'm not gonna die on that hill. But um yeah, you got TLF on the bench. Who is an experi not experienced, sorry but he's a young lad, but you know, he's done left left back, left wing back, etc. If you want to do it, do it properly. Um Maz is his his talents are you know further up the field. Yeah, I felt a bit, bit sorry, midfield, for,
0: but for Maz yeah. as well, because he obviously he didn't really get a look in towards the tail end of last season after coming back from his injury when he yeah. started the season so well. And he's looked a lot sharper in pre season. He sort of seemed like he was maybe back to his old self, but then you know, first day of the season he stuck out a wing back. Which doesn't yeah. necessarily play to its strengths, but um, but anyway, yeah, I, I guess we um, we should get on to maybe the game itself. Again, you'll have had a, a much clearer view of what was going on than, than I did, but it seemed very much like the first half was was pretty positive overall.
1: I think so. Um, what got me was that the midfield of um, Pibus, um Paddy, and Dyson was still the same midfield that you know dragged us to what was it nineteenth last season they're all, you know, very decent players. It's just, it was not, you know, they're, they're a year older than, than last year. And there's, you know, I think there's rumours about um, fitness reasons for Woodyard and and, and Castro, et cetera. But um, the midfield got bypassed both directions. You know, they bypassed it and sort of we. And after all the talk about, you know, the short passing uh, game that uh, Morton mentioned, it, it was very apparent very quickly that, uh, we were not getting get get those uh three midfielders involved um too much, um I thought Dyson play uh, of the, sorry of the of the three I thought um I thought that um Pibus was very decent um I always thought of him as the uh, midfield uh, defensive you know linchpin from last season he was actually getting forward quite a bit I think he had a, a shot the straight to the keep in the first half which was very surprising you know I never really had thought he had that in him um McLaughlin was very much get the ball pass it sideways. And Dyson is better than what he put out um, on Saturday, unfortunately. But um, luckily, um, in terms of how he performed, uh, the goal is very good. Um, it, I wouldn't say it be coming. That's that's that would be very very um, far too positive. But um, Ando uh, doing their win, uh, their their fullback with some great pace and strength, put it through to John Lewis, who put it across a Dippo. and uh, Dippo showed. Um, the reason why we've put so uh so much money into uh, into that signing it it looked good is the uh, the best way i can describe uh our, our goal in the first half there
0: yeah it didn't sound like we were creating too many chances but equally neither were they um and it sounded like we were sort of more comfortable um mm-hmm. i have seen the footage of the goal so it seemed like it was sort of a long ball upfield from callum howe um and yeah then, it, and it, then... it,
1: it's more ando's hard work on the uh the right wing back position there he um he had a very, very good first half. He was uh, a very good positive, um, I'd say, from that first 45. Um, yeah, it looked like argue, he, was, he was playing quite advanced. He, you could argue that he played quite badly in the second half, but at the same time, you know, sort of nine other players in uh, in white shirts.
0: So Yeah, so he's, like I say, quite far up the pitch um, when he yes. gets it. Which And it was sort of similar to the um, Finley Barnes goal in pre-season, I think, was it against mm-hmm. Chef Wednesday maybe? um although Ando was playing on the other side um but it, it was sort of a surprise to see his name on the team sheet because he's not really featured in pre-season much i think because of mm. fitness reasons but um but yeah so he he gets it plays it across to John Lewis L- watching it back it sort of seems like a bit of a miskick from John Lewis rather than him sort of laying it that sounds off. like him that yeah, might be unfair sense, but <laughs> um but yeah it's a good it's a good finish um from Akinyemi mm.
1: Um, I mean, uh, the biggest positive I can say for that first half is I think there's a few players who played reasonably to quite well. There was points where Dippo was just taking the, uh, the Academy was taking a ball in his chest, and this movement, technique, pace, strength, etc. We were just like, "Oh, he looks good. He looks very, very good." And and this was him at like two-thirds fitness. This is him, like you know, should be yeah. off at maybe 60 minutes. He looked very good. Once we get him fit, get him, you know, hit the ground running, etc., he's going to look very good. But um, even today, uh, even at uh, this weekend, he looked he looked apart, looked really apart.
0: Um, yeah, we, we looked pretty comfortable up till then, apparently. Um, and then even at the start of the second half, it sort of sounded like we were on top. Listening on the radio right up until uh, the penalty decision. Would that be well, fair?
1: Just we play, we're playing okay i like, you would take a 1-0 scuffy win and get out of there as quick as possible especially with this like makeshift you know 11 based on fitness and uh, injuries but the um i mean I, you know we're, we're going to step into the negatives here um they made a substitution and they took off a defense midfielder for an attack midfielder and it just changed the game completely and that's you know you, that's fine but you you react to that you change what you're doing and we just didn't do it and,
0: yeah, I mean, that uh, has been a criticism been struggled of, and, of and that was it. It
1: was, it was behind him. The play was behind him. It was behind him in the field. And it just kept appearing. And that thing happened where, um, say, mod City, where you look and you're watching the game, you go, this is changing right now in front of me. And I'm not quite sure that I, I'm seeing it. Everyone else in the away end is seeing it. And I'm really not quite sure the um, away bench is seeing it. That's, yeah. that's the problem. There's
0: going to be ebbs and flows in a game. But like you say, it's how you respond to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you need to do that quickly to you know yes to to get yourself back on top Mm -hmm. but yeah so in terms of the the penalty decision um, it was handball I think against Maz Um, was that in front of you or was that at the other end
1: that was the other end it was clear as day Um, he leapt up hands in the air done yeah it it. It looked very clear from the the footage
0: Um, and then the um, yeah Stockdale sort of gets sent the wrong way and that's one all Mm -hmm. um at which point you think, okay, you know, they've got a goal out of not very much. That's fine. You know, we, we reset and go again. But it didn't, it, it seemed like, you know, the complex of the game was completely different after that. And then we we'll were on it's top about, from it's that It's about point. the
1: ascendancy. It's about the other team getting that bit between their teeth and it's starting to change how they played. And we're talking about the second half of the second half. Some of our players looked absolutely knackered. They just couldn't move anymore. And you're thinking, ah. Morton had made a point in pre-season of talking about Premier League standard fitness, and I, I respect. I, I thought it was great. That's fantastic. I mean, at this at this level, you know, I'd say maybe the third or maybe the half of the battle is fitness. Uh, you know, persistence, running for ninety minutes. We were knackered. Players just couldn't even move against a part-time team as well. That was the other, you know, the galling aspect. These lads. For Wilson in that towards the um, second half, of the second half, moving freely, and it was really galling. It was really, really upsetting.
0: Yeah, the, com- the commentators on Radio York were saying similar that um, that Wilson looked fitter than we did, and like I say, that was, mm-hmm. the, the two things Martin had been stressing in pre-season was you know this new way of playing, and also mm-hmm. the, the fitness levels that you know the the players have been working hard to to get the fitness levels up, and that was sort of part of the logic of starting people from last season over some of the new signings. So yeah, for those, for that to be undermined as well, um is a bit a bit of a worry. Um I know Woodyard did come yeah, on that's not too long after the after the equalizer. Woodyard
1: came on and um I was I'm not going to go, you know, too over the top. But I was impressed. He was a talker. He pointed, he was, you know, he knew he knew what to do. The other issue was uh, how was good uh, before the red. Yeah, we're going to come on to the red and the uh, and um, what happened after that. How just marshaled the defense, it was absolutely sensational. Like you're hoping that when you know everyone's fit, him and Cordner and also Woodyard in the mid- midfield there are just going to point and shout and make people do the right thing. Uh, Woodyard, uh, clearly a fitness issue, he's not quite ready uh, to start at 90. Um, was just absolutely fantastic. He really just stood, sat there and made things happen. He ch- tried to make things happen, which is a play... I, I don't think we've had a midfielder like that for probably since first time on Russ Penn, maybe. That's, we're talking a long time, long time there. Yeah,
0: that is what we've missed, which is why it was, it was quite odd to see the same three as last season starting, mm. because... Very, very they, true. You very know, true. like you say, all players with qualities, but not necessarily anyone who can actually sort of dictate the game but yeah it, it sounded like they were on top pretty much after that and we were trying to weather the storm and you know we, do you think we should have been happy to take a point at that stage
1: i mean you're right but the annoying point was it's why are we why are you trying to take a point away from this when it was a reasonably straightforward one nil half time score line but that's football that's the way it is and um problem is with the uh, the red card, f- for, uh, for house red card, it was uh, uh, Duckworth's suicidal back pass, wasn't looking. Uh, striker takes it on, takes it past Stockdale. He's fouled, but um, they missed the resulting opportunity. And now here's the, the honest truth. I've not seen the highlights back yet since the actual game itself. Um, I'm curious about how they can have the the shots, but also not uh, So to go back to the free kick and have the red card. Surely you could have the, uh, have the red card by all means, but you can't have the free kick as well. You've had the opportunity, you've had the advantage. So I, I'm not quite sure about the laws there. Yeah, it's I mean, I, one.
0: I have seen that clip um, and it doesn't look like a red to me. He, mm. he, he tugs his shirt, it's maybe a yellow, but it, you know, he's not sort of clean through on goal. There's a covering defender, he's outside the area. It yeah. seems like a very yeah. harsh red to me you know that, yeah. and up till then it sounded like Howell was sort of one of our best performers so to lose him was, yeah, was, was. a bit of a blow Um but yeah so we were obviously yeah down to 10 Um I think did, did, did we, at, Fairweather at come on point, at that you're, point?
1: You're, you're, you're begging for a point you just get out of here just get the point and just uh, absolutely um, uh, you know go home and look forward to the home games yeah so he brought um,
0: um, yeah, he brought Latifi with on for John Lewis. So you know we had an yes. extra defender in there. Obviously not actually a centre back because we don't really have many of those at the moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just sort of it, it felt like their goal was coming. Just listening on the radio, is that how it felt in the ground?
1: It's it's not so much it was coming. It's more it was not a surprise. Um, we we were going to get it. That's 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 the difference. Um, the massive problem was um stockdale had gone down twice once in the first half once in the second half with a sore ankle and you get a little bit worried then uh, we got beat his near post and i don't it might be an injury related sort of um decision
0: i don't know but he should it looked like beat there. it just looked like bad positioning it you know it didn't Maybe. look like he was it was slow to react he was just stood in the wrong place he was anticipating the cross clearly but he left far mm. too big a gap at his near post. Was was how it looked to me. Um, but, but yeah, I also
1: is... don't want to be too harsh on Sotter because in the first half, when things were a bit more rosy, he was coming out, he was claiming, he was shouting. His distribution was absolutely spot on. Absolute, yeah, I mean that is something like, um... that is something
0: we've missed, and that's something I noticed in pre-season as yeah. well. Is it you know yeah. it, it makes a big difference when the yeah. defenders know the keepers comfortable with the ball at his feet. They can play play it back to yes. him so sort of quite confidently but yeah that is a concern if if he's having fitness problems because um, mm-hmm. we're sort of relying on him to really you know improve the defense um mm-hmm. but yeah so that that came quite late on but then obviously there was quite a lot of stoppage time added on both halves because of the, the they brought in this new adding time on whenever it's out of play um so mm. we still in theory had time to get back into it but it didn't sound like that was ever likely to happen
1: no, it's it's more just stodgy because of the whole ten man thing. It was, I think it was a late sub, wasn't it? Hurst came on. I think was it for for Paddy. I think in yeah. the one. It's it wasn't going to happen after that, unfortunately, because of the nature of
0: how the game went. But um, yeah, same old city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, obviously disappointing to to lose the first game of the season, but. You know, it's one game. We don't really know how good Wieldstone are. You know, it's a similar thing. Last season, we beat Woking 2-0 and obviously thought, OK, we're probably going to be a bit better than them this season. And then that, that turned out completely different. So you don't want to read mm-hmm. too much into it. Um, But in terms of any positives to take from it, what would what would stand out for you?
1: I mean, I think until the equaliser, until the, the penalty, I think... Um... You could argue there's tons of potential there, but it's just um, I, I'm 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 really worried about the uh, baby in bathwater in terms of you know the short passing game being thrown out because we've had two injuries to our you know to to a team. I think uh, at times of the first half we played reasonably quite well. Um, what not exactly carving them open I think, daft like that, but you know pretty much solid national league team. Yeah, I mean I um, saw.
0: I've seen that um our new chairman, Matt Oogler, has tweeted today um some of the sort of key stats. Basically to say, mm-hmm. actually, looking at the stats, you know, there were there were quite a lot of positives so we maybe outperformed them in, you know, things like XG and recoveries and, and things like that. Um, which I think that kind of chat often divides a lot of people. Um mm-hmm. you know, some fans mm. are very much not on board with that. Some some are really into it. Um what's your sort of thoughts on that do you think that's a helpful way of of looking at it to say okay let's look at the broader performance rather than just the fact that we lost 2-1 um it's quite interesting
1: because i think you're right um it does divide people does not it i i like it personally that's because i'm a massive nerd i like playing (laughs) for manager you know with spreadsheets and, and other such business um but it it works, you know. It's 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 how teams like, uh, Bournemouth and Brighton and other, you know, somewhat smaller clubs have got up up to the upper echelons. If that's what we want to do and they're going to commit to it, then you really can't argue if that's be honest with
0: you. Yeah, I mean, I'm um, uh, yeah. I'm not too big on sort of analysing stats and stuff, but you know, the idea that we should just trust the process is is probably quite a healthy one, oh. rather than overreacting. You know, either when you win or when you lose, to say <clears throat> we're trying to play a certain way, we're trying to have a certain mm. philosophy, if you will, um, and let's not sort of panic based on, you know, based on one game. Obviously, we're five games in, and, and we're uh, at the bottom <laughs> of the league. You, you start to look at it a bit differently, but uh, I think the idea that yeah, you should not abandon your principles um, mm-hmm. is probably a good one.
1: I think the bigger thing, the biggest thing, is um, like Cordon's not in there. Castro, uh, Woodyard, Dippo did play and he played very well, but after sixty-five, he was, he was, he was uh, not really worth a place on the pitch, and that's not his fault. It's, just, it's a fitness issue. Issue.
0: Um, yeah. So, so if that's positives, um, what would you say would be the main things that sort of need to change, um, other than just giving more? game time to some of the new players once they're once their fitness is it's, it's
1: it's 11 it's the um the players that we've signed with the intention of challenging that that, that top seven um do you think when the formation you look, is... look at it properly and you look at that midfield three is the same from um i'm saying no it wasn't not County because um i think maybe a suspension there but it's the same midfield free from last season which i you know it it it, it it was 19th you know it's it's not quite the one that we want so there's players who are going to step in who are going to do better need a little bit more yeah minutes in the legs etc uh so it's, it's the the positive is the, the the optimism that comes from who's coming in
0: i think yeah yeah um yeah just finally sort of in terms of off the pitch i know um again uh matt, matt Oogler was in the away end with the fans um mm-hmm. i think you had a little chat with him um mm-hmm. so I guess that's you know that's quite positive to see that he's um you know he's getting sort of a fan's eye view of things.
1: Um every, a lot of away fans um had a chat with him on Saturday to be fair. <laughs> um he was there, um it's was there. Um he was very amicable. Um I'm not certain about um him being in a way for every away game. I think uh, there's something to be said for a chairman being in the you know in the, the post seats and uh, looking after, you know. Putting a good rep in for us, but he, for first, um, you know, part of the revolution, he was uh, he was sound. He was absolutely sound. He was very polite. Uh, I saw a lot of um, very drunk young men um, have selfies with him, and he was absolutely fine. So that's a positive. I don't think he could do it every away game or every home game, what, what have you. But he was he was he was great. He was absolutely great. And his dad, his dad was very nice as well. To be fair, uh, said hello to them both.
0: And not the only um, sort of unexpected appearance i think richard herring was in there as well at least for the first <laughs> yes half. he was his, uh...
1: um his blog about um the young man being sick next to his daughter was uh an interesting read this morning to be fair but uh yeah herring was there uh he was nice enough um i think uh he was more he was more over than our actual current chairman which is uh quite funny
0: <laughs> yeah i'd say you know we really are becoming the new Wrexham with all these you know celebrity fans but that would be <laughs> that would be unfair cuz richard Herring, you know no, no, he's believed that York there, city are magic okay, for, I wasn't there so for quite a long time so um yeah yeah so yeah i guess if we move on from wilson just to sort of discuss our thoughts on um sort of pre-season more generally i mean mm-hmm. as soon as the season starts you kind of sort of disregard pre-season because it is just it is just a, a warm up mm. but um I mean, I went to a couple of the home games. I uh, went to the Chef Wednesday game and the Middlesbrough game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I believe you, as our West Yorkshire and Lancashire correspondent, got to a couple of the, the away games, did you?
1: Yeah, did Farsley and Akron Stanley.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we don't need to go into into much depth on that, but was there anything that stood out? Any sort of players that excited you?
1: Um <laughs> weirdly it's actually a little bit different to what we talked about the wilson game i i really liked how mikey was trying to play the the passing game the patient game etc and i was actually a little bit optimistic (laughs) before wilson so i know we're doing things a little bit back uh, back to front but um i thought um i like the way that we're trying to play and uh going forward that's the way we want to do it but weirdly it's now
0: not what we're doing so yeah i think um uh, yeah, Stockdale's yep. distribution was definitely positive, and he looked solid in both the games I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of the new centre-back pairing, who obviously haven't got a chance to play together um, on Saturday, and they won't again because Howe's going to be suspended. But they they definitely look like a big improvement on what we had last season. Yeah. Um, I agree. So, yeah, in, in terms of the signings, is it, obviously Akinjem is the big one. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like he's you know going to be the real deal, hopefully. Do anyone else um, that you sort of have any strong thoughts on? I mean, the one for me, I'm I'm quite keen to see Castro sort of yes, yeah. force his way into the team because he absolutely ran the game for Notts County when they when they came to the LNER last season. Um, not just that free kick, um, but you know he was sort of he, he really stood out as being too good for that level, almost. So so the fact that we we've, we've signed him, I think, is is quite exciting. But yeah, there's been. Talk that his fitness maybe isn't up to scratch. So, mm.
1: um, I, I, I mentioned in the review of the Wilson game, I think Woodyard's got something about him. Um, I love a, a, a central uh, talker, someone who's in the middle of the field and just talks people for the game. I think it's brilliant. I, I, I love that sort of vibe. Now, admittedly, we did lose the game after he came on, so that's fair enough. But he was just pointing and shouting and that's exactly what we need and if you know when, when the the full 11 is is fit enough behind him you've got the ex-solid captain and the ex um ultra captain shouting directions as well and then behind them they've got the uh sheffield wednesday goalkeeper shouting as well i think
0: um yeah we should be so more solid once, once they all get there. bedded in and, and they're used to playing together. Yeah. Um, sort of in terms of the takeover we've obviously touched on it but um it's kind of mad to think that you know it was it was not that long ago that we were looking at a sort of season of struggle under Henderson with a much reduced budget and there was sort of rumors going flying around about a takeover but that's been that's been the case for you know since last year so it's kind of easy to forget because everyone's expectations have have gone up so quickly how how quickly everything's changed um yeah what's your thoughts on sort of you know how it changes being a city fan now that we've got new owners
1: um i think the um money into the you know the transfers that we made like you're looking at about half a million that was spent on players allegedly what i've uh heard rumors about but also the aspect of um I mean, it's not only Matt. It's not only Matt. It's his. It's his mother. You know, Julie, Julianne, who is you know her background is in in business, who is looking to make it a uh, not 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 so much profitable, but more worthwhile commercial venture. And we need that. If we get things sort of off the pitch, I do think the on the pitch sort of stuff will follow. So hopefully they can go hand in hand together. But um. I'm also I'm just really enjoying just spending money on players. It's 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 bloody brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is it is quite a novelty. Mm. Um and obviously it hasn't always worked out for us in the past. I remember spending a fair bit on Michael Gash, who had a, a mixed time of things.
1: Well, he had a good playoff final against Oxford. Now admittedly, you know, we lost, but I thought he played well.
0: But yeah, the, the fact that we can only sort of think of a, a small handful of players we've even paid money for <laughs> in the last twenty years, um, and then we've we've spent. Oh, quite Jason a bit Walker!
1: There you go. He was good.
0: So yeah, um, I think that that leads us quite nicely into the uh, the retro section. Um, mm-hmm. It's a look back at when we had a slightly more successful trip down to London.
1: <laughs> ah yes, same pub. So to be fair.
0: So for this section of the show, what we're going to do is every week we're going to look back at something from City's past, um, whether that's a player, a manager, um, a match, as it is in this case, or even, you know, a piece of memorabilia, just anything, um, anything retro. We're calling it retro. It might be three years ago. It's not, you know, it doesn't mean we're delving too far back into time. Um, but yeah, so if anyone's got any good ideas for a name for our retro section as well please do let us know uh, at Same Old City Pod on Twitter the game we've chosen today is one I'm sure many people are at and remember fondly um, City 2, Luton 1 uh, from 2012, the playoff final at Wembley 14 points from the last 18 Luton secured to get into the semi-finals they beat the team that finished second
1: and closest to Fleetwood in Wrexham now can they finish the job or can York produce another Wembley winning performance? And this would be the biggest of the lot.
0: What we've done, or what I've done at least, um, don't know about you Ben, but I've watched the game back, made some notes. Um, actually the first time I've, I've watched it back since, since the day. Um, oh wow. Don't know about you.
1: I've, uh, no i watched um the extended highlights which are readily available on youtube but i've uh, i can't say i've watched a full game back um i'm not really one for watching full 90 minutes of uh matches where i know the outcome to be honest with you but um 10 minutes like the 11 minute highlights that are on youtube uh give a very very good summary of the of the match so um what did you make of the uh, the full match watching it back what was
0: uh um, the impressions the first thing it was it was a it was a really good game. Um, mm. You know, sort of what not watching as a neutral, obviously, but you know, there's not the there's not the tension that you have on the day. Um, it was a really sort of high quality end to end, slightly chaotic game. Um, yeah, and yeah, sort of good attacking play from both sides. Um, mm-hmm. Plenty to talk about. Um, but yeah, I can imagine anyone just sort of tuning in as a neutral on the day would have been uh, would have been pretty. Ripped by what was going on uh, as we were yeah. at Wembley yeah. um but yeah if we just sort of start off by talking a bit about the background to to the game um cuz yeah like i say it was it was a playoff final 2011 uh, 12 season um for the it wasn't the national league at the time was it it was the conference uh, bet-, bet square oh, sorry. Premier, blue, i believe blue, what, blue but, square was it blue, well year? yeah the blue square oh, was blue it the, square bet yeah. was it the Gola league uh, <laughs> Come back a bit there. Um yeah, so so it was it was City's eighth season at that level. Um and our third sort of go at the playoffs. So we'd obviously had uh 7 six, oh seven we'd lost in the semis to Morecambe, um mm-hmm. when their keeper was uh <laughs> injured Donaldson and should have been sent off. And then um 10 we lost to Oxford in the final, so we'd sort of been gradually getting closer with some mm. fairly awful seasons in between um whereas Luton had it was their third season at that level after they'd come down in 2009 with a big points deduction and so on yeah um and they'd made playoffs three out of three seasons basically mm-hmm. um and I think they you know they'd been splashing the cash since they'd come down uh, what's your sort of memories of of Luton in, in those seasons
1: it was. Uh, they were definitely the historically, in in terms of like prestige, the biggest club that we experienced in that first uh, non-league run in the nineties uh, and early tens. There, uh, you know, a side that had literally won the league cup. You know, a uh, pretty big, big cup in 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 the relative like recent history as well. They were far too big uh, to to be in our league. Uh, you mentioned the points deduction, which you know kind of screwed them over in a way and. And brought them down uh, to the division that we were in. But I do remember there was a talking pre uh, pre Twitter, aren't we per se? But I do remember there being quite a big uh, a vocal a vocal number of uh, Luton fans talking about how they're going to walk the league every single season. Uh, and they probably should have done. To be fair, um, it is noteworthy that when they did eventually uh, walk the division in 1314, they did so with like an incredible points total. They really did decimate the division finally. But before then, you know, we had their number in uh, two seasons out of three.
0: Looking just looking at the numbers that you know, that, like I say, we'd played them already eight times in the three seasons since they'd come down, um, and only lost one of those. Um, and we played them four times just in the. 11-12 season, and they hadn't won any of them because um, obviously we'd beaten them in the the trophy semi final over two yeah, so the, legs. Um, so this
1: would have been the this, this, the final in this final we will talk about would have been the fifth meeting, wouldn't it, of the course yeah, of the yeah. season? That's that's incredible.
0: Yeah, so we'd beaten them three nil at home in the league, two mm-hmm. one away, and then like I say, over two legs in the in the trophy, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which sort of suggested that we had, you know, well, or they had a, a bit of a, a bogey team in the form of Mm -hmm. us, but they had beaten us 5-0 in fairness the season before. Yeah, that Um, was the
1: infamous Ingham uh, red card, wasn't it? For uh, poor Greg Young going in goal. (laughs) Because he was the tallest player.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't there. It wasn't much better in defence for us from from what I remember. um, (laughs) Yeah, so that was... uh, But in 09-10, I guess it's probably worth talking about, their first season back down, Mm -hmm. they'd they'd finished second behind Stevenage, um, and then they'd... Drawn little old us in the playoff semi finals, um, mm-hmm. and that was fairly eventful. Would you say?
1: Yes, I mean, um I think we can all remember Brody's late uh, winner in the first leg, uh, and I was at Kenilworth Road for the return leg. Uh, you know, rather unsavory scenes at the end there, which we won't dwell on, but um a very, very typical foil performance uh, in that second leg. Uh a still,
0: bit, of a, bit still, of a jammy goal, okay. and then he- hang on to it. Yeah. Still look back fondly on that uh, Dave McGurk tackle, but uh, yes, not it's, so much that's... on um, on having to be shielded from the uh, projectiles. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, interesting times. It, exactly. But yeah, it's fair to say there's a bit of needle between the two clubs. And, you know, mm-hmm. they'd, they'd gone in for a few of our players, uh, sometimes successfully. Um, in fact, mm. uh, a couple of ex-City players appearing for them in this game. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so just to sum up, they'd... Um they'd made the playoffs three seasons in a row, lost to us in the semis 0-9-10, and then lost the playoff final the season before on penalties to AFC Wimbledon. Yeah, um, that's right, yeah. With a certain Jason Walker missing the key <laughs> penalty, um, which mm. again feeds into the context for this game. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, in terms of the in the- terms of the teams as they lined up at Wembley, um, just looking at Luton first of all, does anything sort of stand out from their lineup? For you?
1: No, I mean it's it is a very, very strong eleven looking back on that. Um, you know, you, you can see why they were a quality side uh in this in this season and you can absolutely see why. Um I never personally um I never got over um Lawless leaving us to go there. I really didn't. I really, really liked Alex Lawless. I I was pretty, pretty good when he left when he left um us to go to them. And obviously you you touched on um York plays leading us for uh, to go to Luton and McGurk nearly went, as we' as we well as we yeah. uh, all know. Thank goodness he didn't. I know curious, I know he's not playing in this in this particular match, but it would have been been galling had we uh, lined up uh, on this eventful day with uh McGurk and Lawless in the span of their team. Thank goodness we didn't. But yes, yeah.
0: um Yeah, I'd agree with you on Lawless. I think he's sort of one of the classiest players who who we've mm. seen at City in recent years. Um although he didn't have a brilliant game. Uh, no, here I no don't I did think. Think. Um, no. but yeah so so he's obviously one ex-City player there's also Janos Kovac in defence yes of course yeah, yeah. Hungarian centre-back who I think he just spent a few games on loan with us a few seasons earlier but he always seemed like a, a decent player at that level although again he maybe did, yeah. not the best performance on, the, on this day
1: I do remember that uh, every time uh, transfer windows would open every summer and winter and such there was always a clamour to try and see where Kovac was see if he could come back to the club. He was very well revered by uh, our supporters for a, for a good number of years. So yeah, to see him in the opposition lineup on this day was uh, a little bit worrying as well.
0: Yeah, it was that sort of period of time where we had McGurk and parsler who were both excellent players, but there was always the sort of the perception that they were too similar, and you needed someone big and hard yeah. to to um, you mm-hmm. know win the headers alongside him. So we had Kovac, we had. Jason Goodliff on loan for a bit, and and various yep, other players, there. and then obviously Chris Smith came back um, and featured in this game. But um, but yeah, the only other thing I'd mention from Luton's lineup is obviously you've got quite a young Andre Gray uh, up yes. front, who obviously has gone on to um, have quite a few seasons playing in the Prem, and yeah, uh, you can see he's sort of he, he seems quite raw in this game, but clearly has. Mm. Has quite a lot of talent um, yeah. to be playing at that level, and he doesn't take very long to show that. <laughs> yeah, um, so as
1: we'll, all we'll comes to yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, um, and what about York's lineup? What's what's your feelings on on that?
1: Well, just very quickly to go through, I'm sure um, the lineup is ingrained on uh, every York City uh, supporter's memory. But just to quickly go through, it's um, Ingham goal uh, hmm. at defence. You've got Chaloner, Smith, Doygan Gibson in midfield. Oye Banjo, Parslow, Meredith. And up top the classic three of Matty Blair, Jason Walker, and Ashley Chambers. Now, um, I think the first thing we're both gonna touch on is uh, is that midfield, isn't it? Um well what midfield? I, remember, well, <laughs> I was uh I remember clear as day being uh, behind that goal at Wembley in, in 2012 and seeing that lineup and thinking Mills is he's either a genius or he's insane because uh playing two full backs in the centre half in midfield. I could not bear, get my head around it whatsoever. I mean, we had seen all three play midfield during the course that season. I, I seem to remember uh, Meredith doing very well when he was pushed up into that role. Um, they all could do the job. It, it wasn't so much that, it was more... Um, I remember feeling a little bit sorry for uh, for Paddy, Paddy McLaughlin, who uh, started on the bench in this game. He'd had a, a decent final the week before uh, against Newport if, in the trophy. Uh, and I think he could, could have considered himself very unlucky to, uh, to not be part of this um, starting eleven. But uh, I think it was a pretty settled back five uh, and front three. Um, that was kind of the side that had uh, got us, uh, dragged us into the playoffs uh, towards the end of the season. So that all made sense. But I definitely think um, a few of us uh, were very worried about that midfield going into, going into kickoff.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the fact that, like you say, they had all done a job in midfield, but not they'd never been selected as the midfield three together. Yeah. Um, and to say that we had three actual midfielders on the bench... <laughs> and yeah, you know Paddy Moke and Scott Brown as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it did it did seem like an odd selection at the time, and it seemed like quite a defensive selection. Although maybe didn't yeah, yeah. didn't quite pan out that way. Uh, but I yeah, think, I think what's
1: a, I think what's interesting is like it. You know, retrospects and hindsight's wonderful thing. Um, you know, spoilers. We won this match, so therefore, you know, Mills was a genius. But had you know we not recovered from the uh, that early goal that we're going to come on to. Um, I can imagine the reaction of uh, supporters to that eleven would have been, uh, you know, a key part of the autopsy. You know, yeah, so definitely. but you know, the, the, you know, history is written by the winners, so we don't really dwell on it too yeah. much. But yeah.
0: I mean, I it's think very, very it was, strange eleven. My feeling on that season was Scott Kerr was such a key player for us, sitting in yes. front of the back four that when he had that injury, we never mm-hmm. really replaced him. and We just kind of muddled through with, you know, I think Meredith tried playing there for a bit, and then obviously Parslow, who sort of does that mm-hmm. role here um but we sort of had to adapt the way we were playing because Kerr was you know he was breaking up playing he was starting off moves we didn't really have anyone yeah. who could do that in the same way I think, um, I think you're completely
1: I think you're completely right there and ironically I think uh, Kerr's injury came I believe it was at Luton wasn't it it was in the uh trophy final second leg if I remember correctly so was it yeah a little bit of symmetry there I believe um I'm sure if I'm wrong, somebody will uh, happily correct me. But um, yeah, I think do. you're completely, <laughs> I think you're completely right there about the um, the muddling. I mean, the season as a whole, um, you know, was a, a real highlight. I did go to a lot of uh, away games and and home matches in this particular season. Um, we were always interesting to watch. But then, as um, I think it was after Walker's injury away at Hayes and Yedding, um, we really started to fumble a bit. There was, um, I think, it was a new year. Like, we had. Um, uh, Henderson up top, but uh, Liam Henderson, I believe yep. his name was just uh, just not a great player. We were just Mills was just kind of throwing anything to hope it and hope it stuck. I mean, luckily we had you know good players like Blair and Chambers and uh, Reed could always be relied upon. But um, if you look at the uh, the goal scorers from uh, Hazen Yeding, which I think is uh, October November, I, I don't have it in front of me, but um, he didn't score again until March, ironically at home to Hazen Yedding So you think about that. Is that, that? Jason run, Walker. Jason Walker, yeah. So you're yeah. thinking. I think again, he, he, did he have an injury? He did have that injury, and he struggled to get back. You know, because the form he was in, you know, oh, yeah, uh, through the of first
0: few months of the season, that that's sort of one of the you know hottest streaks that I've seen a, a, a striker have. Yeah, at City. and
1: he was, it, it was good when he came back from the injury. Of course, you know, he was he was a focal point at that number nine who did all the work. But you never quite hit that.
0: No, he didn't reach again, the same. Uh, didn't reach the same numbers. In terms yeah. of in terms of goals, um, and yeah, I sort of felt like he'd maybe not reach the same levels, but he does have a, he does have a good game today. Yes, um, absolutely. But yeah, I agree. That's sort of similar to my thoughts. Really, is that the the back five was sort of fairly settled by that point. It's the, mm-hmm. it, like you say, it's it's the strongest front three um, with Walker in the middle and Chambers and Blairy the side of him. Obviously, mm-hmm. we had other options like Jamie Reed, who comes on as a sub, but I never really felt like he fitted into that three up front. No, he didn't.
1: I agree with you on that one completely. He was, um, it was a strange one because, uh, you know, Mills did pay a fee to bring him in in the uh, winter of 20, early 2011. Uh, so, so, you know, you kind of needed that big big man next to him. Um, he, obviously, he linked up so well with Rankin, didn't he, in that half season they had together at the end of 10 11? But I agree, he was never really quite the. All action number nine that Walker no. was in that four three three, and he was he okay really as a inside to, forward. Yeah, he didn't no, quite have the
0: the pace of of a Blair yeah. or a Chambers to play the the wide roles no, that didn't. they did so well. Mm-hmm, um, so yeah, the front three was definitely a strength, but yeah, the the midfield or lack of midfield was, um, yeah, I, I don't know whether it was intentional for tactical reasons that he thought let's just sort of bypass the midfield, um, or it was just you know. Mm. And, like you say, muddling through. Um, but, yeah, I guess it's worth touching on um, Jason Walker, his sort of history with Luton that he'd, like I say, missed the decisive penalty for them in the playoff yes. final season before. Mm-hmm. Hadn't had necessarily the best of times there. Um, and then we'd signed him for a feat. And, like you say, he'd, he'd really done well, at least for the ha- first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... Um, they. The Luton fans make their feelings on him very clear quite early on in this uh, in this game. You can, you can tell every time he gets the ball because there's you know thirty thousand uh, people booing at him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess we should probably get into the the game itself then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty frenetic start. Um, it's clear that you know it, it's not going to be one of those cagey openings. Both both teams are you know really going full throttle. Um, and then on 71 seconds, um, the well, what I felt was the inevitable happened because I, <laughs> I don't know why, but prior to the game, I, I sort of felt yeah we've beaten the Luton all these times, but when it comes to the big one, that'll be when they that'll be when they do us, and that sort of confirmed that feeling for me. Here's an opportunity. Can you-
1: side 80 seconds to give Luton Town a dramatic start in the playoff final Wembley
0: Um, it's Robbie Wilmot on the wing um, who I think goes past Chaloner a bit too easily um, Mm. watching it again Uh, and then there's no one picking Andre Gray up and but I mean you can't really argue with the finish when when it comes to him it's a it's really well taken.
1: It's very well taken. What I like about it is it's, it's quick as well. The ball comes through and it's a, it's quite a strange decision to go with that side foot. But um, because he makes that decision quickly, he completely flat at uh, wrong foot. Ingham's, Ingham's not prepared for it whatsoever. Um, you could possibly argue that Ingham may have been ready and should have done better. You know, perhaps he'd been extremely harsh on Michael. But it's such a strange finish. It's actually you know, it's quite impressive how he does it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the commentators mentioned that maybe Ingham was at fault on um it was the the sky footage that i was watching back but i didn't really think he had time to to get down to it because i mean it was side footed finish, but it was hit with a decent amount of pace um and it's right in the corner but yeah he just sort of sets himself and you know clearly decided where he was going to put it and yeah i just thought okay well you know how are we going to stop this guy from from getting <laughs> a couple more um but yeah, so so how did you feel when that goal went in? Were you similar to me in terms of thinking, all oh, right, here we go, this is what's this is how it's gonna be? I remember
1: being very surprised that it happened inside, you know, seventy seconds, of course, it was, but I just remember not being too panicked because there was a full at least, you know, eight to nine minutes ahead of us to try and claw this back. Um we were never, you know, we were never really um out of the fight when it came to when it came to Gary Mills teams, you know, especially around this era. We always had a, a fighting chance. Um even proved like against Luton we went 1-0 down at Canola Road uh still turned that around so it's I wasn't too worried the time was on our, on our side and I had faith in the in the front three but it was a less than ideal start and it was just a no I just remember that noise you mentioned you mentioned the 30,000 um, Luton supporters at Wendley that day and we, obviously it was uh in, it was our end uh where grace scored but I just remember that that, that Noise from Wem- at their end of Wembley just hitting us. Uh, it was mere six thousand York fans in in the other end. I just remember being quite awestruck by that. You know, that they could conjure the atmosphere they needed when they wanted to. You know what I mean? And that was a little bit worrying. And just knowing they were on, you know, they they were you know had the bit between their teeth as both on the field and off was uh, was very very worrying. But in terms of what we had on the field, I don't think I felt worried just yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you mentioned the sort of discrepancy in the number of fans. That That is sort of fairly obvious when you watch it back, and it, it was at the mm. time that, you know, they're outnumbering us four or five to one. Um, and again, that sort of brought back memories of, of the defeat to Oxford in the final when you sort of felt yes. like, well, look, of yeah. course we're going to lose. They're a bigger club and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um Absolutely. And, you know, they, they brought even more fans, I think, Luton. But it is mm-hmm. worth saying... you're you can hear the city fans pretty much as loud as the Luton fans when it comes to chants and things. When you when you watch it back, yeah. Um, so we definitely you know made ourselves heard, um, and everyone you know there might have only been six thousand, but you know it was six thousand actual fans rather than the day trippers, I guess, who'd been just to the trophy the week before. Because that still <laughs> that still amazes me that we took more to the trophy final.
1: But yeah, that's because you could book it far much far further in advance. That's the that's the difference, of course. Uh, you know, train fares, etc. Obviously, the playoff final was what a week's notice. So yeah. I understand the difference there. But obviously, the trophy is uh, far more prestigious than the uh, the, the playoff final. So I'm glad well, we we've, uh, you know we've more. won it
0: more times. So it must be. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it really took the uh, took the edge off that relegation in sixteen when, what was
1: it? <laughs> Sixteen seventeen. Sixteen seventeen, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: um Lesson. yeah. So so yeah, we're, we're one nil down uh, with un, under two minutes gone like you say, not ideal. Uh, But you said you didn't panic, and the players don't really panic either. That you know, Mm. There's definitely a sense that we've got a game plan, this isn't going to affect how we play. I agree. Um, And we're kind of, I mean, Gray sort of nearly gets in behind a couple of times after that, but we sort of have the bulk of the chances. Mm. um, Jason Walker's causing all kinds of problems for him. Um, There's one where he gets called offside incorrectly, Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one where. Well, how apt considering what happens later. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, there's another one where he gets through, sets up by Banjo, who shoots wide. Yes. Um, there's there's a header um, that gets pounded over by by the Luton keeper Tyler, which is and and Walker out jumps Kovac for that. Which
1: yeah, just just a touch on that one. Um, that was a really really good chance, and that was like Walker uh, Walker's strength. He was such a good header with the ball um but he, he wasn't a particularly tall man I think he was about you know five nine or so but but when you consider the leap on him you know and yeah. Kovacs is good I mean the commentator describes the, the difference in height between the two as literally a foot which I think is a slight yeah, exaggeration yeah. I think but it's you know it's not not too far off I think it's a good between six and eight inches difference and Walker's ability to get that header on target um I enjoyed the uh the little show of respect as well um afterwards the, the uh Quick slap of hands uh, in recognition of the effort and the save. Um, yeah, it was a good save. Yeah, still, still friends from their from their time together uh, at Luton the previous season. But um, yeah, whether they still will be after he,
0: he held up that gravestone, uh, sign, <laughs> not sure. But um, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, that chance got got uh, palmed over. That was after about fifteen minutes. We had a handball appeal. I don't know whether that showed up in your highlights um, from a corner. Um, one of their players, I'm not sure who it was, sort of kicks it right up at their own hands that are stuck mm-hmm. above the head. Um pretty sure it would have been given these days, you know, with VAR and so on. Mm-hmm. Um but it's not sort of dwelt upon too much at the time. Um but yeah the the next real uh action happens when um there's a there's a free kick given for a foul by Pilkington on Chaloner near the touchline. Mm-hmm. Um I think the first thing to ask is, did you think it was a foul? Because the the I remember at the time. Sure.
1: I remember at the time thinking that uh, I think I was in Wembley thinking that wasn't a foul, and then watching it back, it's it's not a foul. But and I, see, yeah, I, got, I like,
0: think a... I, I mean he does get some of the ball, but he, he goes through him. I'm I'm not mm. sure. I think it. I I'd be leaning towards that it is a foul.
1: Is, is that a tackle that eventually forces Chaloner off the field?
0: Yeah, he is plays it? on for another ten minutes or so. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I'm guessing it is that reason that he eventually goes off. And it is mm. a, you know, it's a hard challenge. He, he definitely mm-hmm. gets something on the ball, but, um, but yeah, it was kind of up for debate whether it whether it was definitely a free kick. But yeah, there, there's a sort of a reasonably long stoppage uh, between that and the free kick being taken. Uh, but then it's Ayobanjo who takes the free kick. Um, Chris Smith sort of wins a header in the box, and then it just drops near him, and he flicks it across goal. Um, and then you've got Ashley Chambers uh, running in at the perfect time to meet it with a you know, fantastic finish right into the roof of the net can York conjure anything up from here it's a deep one back in from Smith
1: chance, 1-1 one, one. Chambers for York Ashley Chambers gets the goal to level it at Wembley it had been coming and Chambers provides it. I, I do think, like, from start to finish, it's actually quite a one of have a better phrase. I think it's quite an underrated goal in, in terms of, like, York's echelon of, you know, upper echelons of classic, you know, well known goals that we've scored. I think it's superb. I think Smith does amazingly well to win that ball. Then the cut across to the space, uh, knowing that there's going to be a player running in there is absolutely fantastic. You have no idea that a player. Uh, like Chris Smith, who's, you know, so fo- focused on his defensive work. I did not know he had that in him whatsoever. And obviously, Luton are a bit asleep at the back. Um, Chambers running is a great run, but he should definitely be picked up. And it's a great finish as well. You know, right in that top corner, post his stamp, as the cliche goes. Tyler's got absolutely no chance. The defender can't get near Chambers. I think from, from the delivery, to the assist, to the finish, I think it's a fantastic goal.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's yeah, it is particularly the finish that stands out for me. You know, the way he hits it, just sort of on the half volley after the bounce. Yes. Um, And I mean, I was a big fan of Chambers, but finishing wasn't necessarily always his finest point. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's probably one of the you know one of the best finishes he he did while at the club. I think.
1: Um, I agree with that. Yeah, he was. He was definitely. He peaked around this area with that that, that front three that um, he shared with uh, Blair and Walker. His ability to cut inside, he wasn't. I mean, he, I think it was fast. I wouldn't describe him as pacey, but um, he definitely had something about him. And I agree with you. At this point, um, I was definitely a, a fan of Chambers. I think he definitely had something about him. And uh, this this finish, just laces, top corner. I think it's really, really qu- top quality.
0: Yeah, no, agreed on that one. Um, so yeah, it's one all. We're, we're back in it. Um, and like I say we were sort of on top it was definitely deserved equaliser mm-hmm. um, and the match kind of carries on in a similar vein you know it's still still plenty of chances I enjoyed on, on the on the Sky Sports coverage there was a text in from the viewer saying this is miles better than last night's Champions League final um, which <laughs> would have been the uh, the Chelsea win over Bayern that's right yes uh, which I'd forgotten that was the night before but yeah I do remember that being fairly dire I,
1: I I watched that in a West London pub actually with some Chelsea fans. I was staying in London for obviously for the playoff final. I did enjoy that uh, enjoy the occasion. Not can't say I'm a fan of Chelsea, but yeah, it's probably one watching of the worst locals, uh,
0: right. one of the worst teams to win the the trophy. Not <laughs> not not as an anti-Chelsea thing. Just you know the the side they had out, and uh, mm, that's fair that day. But anyway, anyway we're, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're getting sidetracked. Um, I would
1: like to touch on very quickly, if it's okay. So we we, we did mention the Chaloner uh, injury. So it's around this point. Uh, I think it's about thirty-five to forty minutes. He does eventually get subbed off, and uh, he's replaced by um, Scott Brown, which I think is a really curious substitution because we've touched on the um, the midfield uh, that started this match, and we've kind of made a joke about how there was was no midfield. But it's curious that um, Scott Brown comes in. It was a you know a ball playing defensive midfielder, who never quite. I don't think that got a fair whack at, it at York. I think he was better than than he ever showed us. Uh, definitely, his career after he left York this, this particular summer showed that he, you know, he had, a, he had a bit about him. But I think it's curious that he comes on and um, obanjo returns to his natural right back position, and you know we finally have a midfielder on the on the pitch. But I, I think it's very curious that um, even now at this point, forced into a change, that McCoughlin doesn't come on. Um, I just wonder what you thought about that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what the what the logic of it is really because yeah i mean you say we didn't have any midfielders on i mean weirdly challoner was a midfielder before <laughs> he came Patriot. to us, so we had one midfielder on the pitch playing at right back and a right back yeah. playing in midfield in our banjo um yeah. but yeah yeah i'm not sure why I, I guess it was a surprise at the time that paddy didn't start i don't know whether he was yeah. carrying a knock or something or if you know, well, he, started,
1: he, started, he started a trophy final, didn't he? And he has, um, I believe it's on one of the um, York Hospital Ball podcasts where they referred to um, when they did the Haxby Live Q&A uh, social, sports social, where I think McLaughlin talked about his disappointment. He was told before, the match i think like on the morning that uh, mills told him that he's not going to be playing in in this final um i think it's purely tactical i don't think he was i don't think there's any sort of disciplinary sort uh, you know reason i think it's just pure tactics but as i say to not come on at this point with uh, with the injury i think it's very very strange like and obviously brown's a bit more at this point brown was more defensively minded and Paddy, uh, I would have yeah. considered a Paddy and attacking the field at this point in his career. So maybe that's it, you know, Oybanjo is uh, doing that defensive role in midfield. maybe Brown comes in to do that and Oybanjo goes to his natural position. But very, very curious that uh, Paddy doesn't come on until the late stage of the game.
0: Yeah, I think it's maybe just the way Mills was anticipating <laughs> it, being kind of an all-action chaotic game, which is what it was, it meant that maybe mm-hmm. Paddy's not going to get the time on the ball to show, you know, what he can do. Because um, mm-hmm. the game sort of bypasses midfield a lot of the time. Yes. So someone like Scott Brown, who's a bit more, you know, like you say, a bit more defensive minded, he's going to get stuck in. I guess that's sort of the logic to it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the yeah, Chalden plays on for about ten minutes after the uh, challenge that eventually forces him off. There is a handball shout against him as well for a penalty um, uh, just before he comes off. But one thing I wanted to mention was, like I said, the the Luton goal. I feel like. Chaloner could do a lot better with Wilmot going past him and and Wilmot and Gray are both causing problems down that side Mm -hmm. is there an argument that the Chaloner injury is actually a key factor in us eventually winning the game?
1: I think that's a fair shout I think Chaloner did fantastically filling in as a right back for the course of the season but he definitely doesn't have a good first half and it's you know it's kind of a mercy that he did get injured, you know, it's not a nice thing to say. But um... Yeah, it's
0: no it's no slight on him as a player, but he's he's not playing his natural position. He's you know, he he's never played there much previously in his career and he's up against some, you know, really decent wide players. Mm-hmm. But it's also in terms of what Ayubanjo goes on to do in the second half defensively. Um yeah. would you I, I, have I'd... had the same key contributions if Chaloner was there?
1: Possibly not. I think you're right. It was a very. It's very curious that the whole course this season, you know, Oyebanjo and indeed Meredith uh, were possibly the two best fullbacks in the division and are playing midfield, not just in this game, but you know, towards the final third of this season. So, uh, thank goodness Oyabanjo moved into the uh, into his natural position for the you know for the second half. Where we'll come on to the chances that he helped um, keep out. Yeah. It was just a. It kind of felt a bit of a bit of a luxury, really, having to two such quality players playing out of position and it not feeling out of place you know what I mean so um, I think you're right I think it's um, unlucky for for Challoner I think he'd have a good season with us um, a bit of a, re- a revelation in fact but I don't think he has a good, a good first half here and um, kind of yeah I think I'm kind of glad he goes off
0: <laughs> yeah um, but yeah in terms of um, the rest of the first half there's not a huge amount happens there's, there's one sort of half chance where Blair uh, does a little dummy to beat Kovac, gets through on goal but um his cross is blocked. Other than that, um I think there's a, again, Andre Grey creates a chance for himself, which is also mm-hmm. blocked. I think it beats Ingham, but there's a defender in the way. Um but yeah then then half time. Um so I guess yeah moving into the second half and again there's there's not long before there's a, a fairly key piece of action. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I was one of the few that actually did see it. Um, it certainly wouldn't happen these days. I would definitely be um, halfway through the second pint on a concourse. But for whatever reason, I was back in my seat um, for for Matty Blair's goal. I saw it happen live. Uh, I think I was on a pretty much an empty row as well. I think a lot of my friends were still uh, finish off their halftime refreshments, but I did see it. Um, absolute massive surprise. And uh, I presume at this stage you're going to uh, address the rather large elephant in the room, and she, Simon.
0: Um, no, I think we'll just uh, we'll just <laughs> brush over that. No, I mean let's let's sort of talk about the build-up to the goal. So um, it comes from a throw-in, which again it's Ori Banjo taking it as sort of as it was with the free kick for the first goal. Um, mm-hmm. This time it's Parslow with the flick on, um, mm-hmm. and then Blair's running through. Uh, well, I say running through; he's sort of already through, <laughs> isn't he? Um, but it's it's a nice little finish um, through the keeper's legs, and that's probably all there is to say about it. Banjo to throw this lot in towards Parslow, got a touch and so too,
1: crucially did Matty Blair and just as the first half we have a goal inside 80 seconds Matty Blair whose goal got York to Wembley scores at the National Stadium for the second weekend running and for the first time in the final, York City lead I cannot get over, it. if you look, at the, the, the replays do pause it um, precisely from the moment where uh, Parslow heads it through and it's shocking officiating. It is unbelievable that that is not flagged. It, yeah, it's, the, the, he, it's he's, he's
0: a couple of yards offside, isn't he? And the, the best bit is that the linesman's directly level with yeah. him as well. Yeah. So I don't know if he's just not looking in the right place or he thought it's flicked off a... Luton head, or I don't, I don't really know.
1: you might be right. It might, it might have thought the assist was from a Luton player there. You might, you might have something there. But you are right. The linesman is right in front of it. Can see Blair is well ahead of play. It is a shocking decision. You know, thank goodness for it. But yeah, I mean, I th- you, you, quite, you
0: would be gutted wouldn't you, if it happened against your club. Oh,
1: you'd be furious with that. It, it's, it's just incredible. Um, but weirdly, when it's an incident,
0: when it happens for your club, it doesn't really. You know, <laughs> it doesn't really spoil it.
1: No, but at the same time, you know, we do a lot of York fans on on forums and social media. We do joke about it. You know, we, everyone remembers Mat- Matty Bear, Blair being offside for the winner. You know, we we all remember it. It's we all make little little jokes and memes about it, etc. So yeah, yeah, it, I mean, it's it not something we completely forget.
0: It wouldn't stand today. I think I think we can. Oh, uh, not not.
1: Well, oh, I know VAR's are at our level, but this nine ninety nine times out of a hundred, the assistants flagging that they they see that clear as day
0: yeah but it's another sort of key goal from matty blair um who i guess he kind of stepped up second half of the season when jason walker wasn't as oh prolific. in a big way
1: in a massive way you're at, and i think you know this is the peak this is the cherry on top i think um just as crucial as that um extra time winner at mansfield in a semi i think that's yeah. an incredible goal and mm-hmm. you're absolutely right his is form in the second half of the season dragged us into the football league it was absolutely sensational yeah um, and-
0: he obviously scored in the trophy final the week before as well. Yes, um, of
1: course. Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, quite a few, quite a few big goals for us around that time. Um, okay, so moving on from there, uh, the next key action that I've got jotted down is um, a header over from Meredith um, mm-hmm. about ten minutes later. Um, it's unclear if it's given off uh, offside. The commentators seem to think it was, even though it was, you know, he was as far onside as Blair was offside for the goal. <laughs> um, but it might have just been that they were wrong and it was it was just given as a goal kick. Um, but it's a decent chance. Um, mm. But yeah, he heads it over. Um, and then Blair has a little chance again. Um, sort of breaks through by himself again, but there's no one no one running into meters cross. Um, and then Luton, um, or Luton manager Paul Buckle clearly decides to sort of change things up a bit. Um, on sixty mm-hmm. minutes he brings on uh and McAllister on for Watkins and Fleetwood um Fleetwood who had a decent pedigree at you know a conference level but um really doesn't do anything this game to be honest Mm -hmm. um but yeah Kissick and McAllister come on and they'll both be involved in sort of key actions towards the end um so yeah there's a just after that, there's one where Lawless leaves his foot in on Jason Walker, which I thought was interesting as well, but um, mm. which he gets the other card for. Um, but yeah, then there's on 70 minutes, uh, there's a little run by Gray and a cross into McAllister, um, but Oyabanjo, again, now playing at right back, wins the header, and uh, McAllister ends up with a with a bloody nose. It's a it's a great piece of defending, I thought.
1: Yeah, it it really exemplified. Um just how good Oye Banjo was in that position. We're going to come on to the uh, we're going to come on to the Kisuk chance in 10 minutes' time. Uh, but both exemplify just how good a defender Oye Banjo was. He was far too good for the level that York City were playing at at this point. Um, he was, I was a huge fan of his. I mean, how could you not be? He had everything about him. Um, he could play in that midfield role if he needed to. He was uh, sensational. Um, it's, rather, it's rather apt that when we had the, uh, the playoff run in League 2 in 2014, he was the only survivor. Yeah, I think he got Club Team. Man of the
0: Year that season as well, didn't he? Mm, mm, just, um, just
1: absolutely fantastic. When he left, you know, obviously he, went, he got moved back down south, didn't he, into League One. Um, I was just very, very good at lose him. He was a sensational player. And, yeah, um, it's,
0: I think he's probably underrated. There's not probably not many people that put him in you know, one of their all-time City mm, 11s or anything. But um, yeah, I think he was a key part of everything good we did around then. Um, it's I would just, agree. I would agree completely with that. It's just kind of sad what happened because obviously he left and then I think it's two seasons later he he comes back and we're obviously at a much lower level then mm. um but his his career is pretty much over by then really just due to yeah, injuries and it. stuff um he never really gets over that and he you know he was still in his 20s I think at the time so never really you know kicked on like he could have done I think um mm-hmm. I'd agree but yeah he's obviously important contribution there and then just after that they've, there's a Andre Gray gets the ball, I think about on the edge of the six yard box um, and manages to do two air shots in succession. I think just possibly one with each foot, which yeah, it, it's, it's just incredible. It's a
1: great stroke great stroke of luck for York. Um, when you watch it back and the replays show it quite close up, it's incredible that he managed to miss it twice. It just, um, yeah, I think if it was any, anything exemplifies that like it being our day, it would have been the uh, the great opportunity on the 72 minutes. It's incredible that he does not put that
0: away. Yeah, It's pretty much any touch on it and he it, it's likely to be going in um mm. i can remember uh, yeah yeah i think that's happening down the other end from where we were in in the ground i just remember sort of seeing a gold mouth scramble and just wondering how it hadn't gone in um so to yeah to see what actually happened was um mm-hmm. bizarre really um and then on 80 minutes there's uh, another key moment with Ivanjo weirdly similar cuz it's the other substitute Kiseck who's Going in for a header. Mm-hmm. Um again, Aubanjo wins the block. And again, um the opposition player's got blood streaming down his face at the end of it. It's it's a, a great last ditch
1: challenge. Um watching it back, it's just as good a challenge as the one for, for on McAllister. It's incredible defending. Doesn't have to it shouldn't be that but happening, you know, Ingham should be doing better with uh, I believe it's Gray's uh cross come shot isn't it she fumbles out to, uh, to Kisook but for Oyo Banjo to react as quick as he did is uh, absolutely incredible um, you know I don't want to laugh at a player getting injured or anything like that but it is um, sickly and morbidly amusing that Oyo Banjo manages injure to loot and substitutes um, yeah. Into straight defensive pieces, so um, just shows how good he was, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and I think McAllister had to had to come off like a couple of minutes after he'd been subbed on, and Kisser has to change his shirt as well. He's playing without a number yes. for the last ten minutes or so. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, could, is there an argument that maybe if he doesn't get anything on the ball, that could be a penalty claim? You know, yeah, leading you you with a high foot there.
1: You mentioned this off air, didn't you, about this being a potential penalty? And I, I, watching it back, I just. It might be. I, maybe I'm not seeing it right. I just don't see. I just don't see the penalty show in there. I think it's a good challenge. I think the player gets hurt, which is unfortunate. But I'm, I'm not seeing a, a you know a penalty, um, potential penalty there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. So sort of the last ten minutes or so. Obviously, Luton are piling the pressure on. We're kind of sitting back, last ditch defending, but they don't really have any clear cut chances. Um. Obviously, being in the ground at the time, I, I sort of felt like. You know, very nervous, thinking. You know, when's it going to come, the the inevitable equaliser. <laughs> but watching it back, there there wasn't really a sense. It, it sort of felt like we were seeing it out fairly well.
1: I mean, I know it's been over ten years since this match now, and you know, you you kind of think you remember how you felt at, at the time. That those ten minutes that you mentioned, I I, I just never felt like it was an onslaught. I think Luton were pushing. I felt we. I think we were very comfortable. We made the right substitutions at the right moments. But obviously, um, McLaughlin finally comes on, but also uh, Jimmy Reid makes an appearance yeah. uh, to replace Chambers and that seventy-eight minute mark. But I, I, I maybe I'm misremembering, but I remember being stood there just watching the clock and thinking, "I think this is done." I just did not feel like we were under the, under the cosh, as it were. You know, I didn't think it were like it was back to the walls. I really did not think that uh, when it came to this particular match. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. I, watching it back. Mm. But at the time, I just did not feel it. Uh, I, I I seem to recall as thinking, I'm actually quite comfortable with. So I felt more nervous apropos. I felt more nervous for the Boston final um, last year than I did. I think I recall from from uh, Wembley 2012. Nerves of steel.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Boston one. Yeah, they were sort of putting us under quite a lot of pressure before we got our second. Um, seem to remember, but um, but yeah. The, so we, we see it out till till full time. The whistle mm-hmm. blows.
1: Forward by Brown. The referees have one look at his watch,
0: and there it is. York City are back in the promised land of the football league. What a week in Yorkshire! Yeah, I mean, can you remember sort of what you felt in that moment? Did, did, yep. did it take a while to realise that we we'd actually done it? Pure adulation. Um, I'm sure it's
1: the same for everyone there. Everyone who's listening, just a wonderful, wonderful moment. Um, I remember my good friend Johnny James grabbing me, uh, giving me a big hug, uh, shouting, "We've done it!" Which was um, just a wonderful moment. And uh, it's um, it's a shame what's happened to the club in the intervening years in terms of you know which we'll come on to. But what was so sad about how the club fell from back out of the league in four years after this is that. It's just such a waste because it was a wonderful se- journey. It's a wonderful season. It was a wonderful moment. And it was kind of all for naught in the end, really, which I know it, it, it can happen. but um,
0: Yeah, it out- did feel at the time like, right, we've done it. We've got out. You know, yeah. we, we knew we were going to be in here for a few seasons, but we've made it out. We didn't expect to be um, to be back with the same manager and going out the, the division <laughs> in, in the opposite direction, you know, five yeah, years crazy. later or whatever it was. Um, it was. Absolutely crazy. So, yeah, it's... Um, but, yeah, at the time, yeah, my overwhelming feeling, I think, was just relief. Because, um, yeah. like I said, I'd been so, uh, so sure that something was going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that when it's of, you know, the realisation hits you that it's over, you know, we've that's, done it. So,
1: something I do want to address, and I think we can have an interesting discussion here, is uh, Gary Mills' celebration.
0: Yeah, that's, the, the camera <laughs> really lingers on him, um, yeah. of, understandably, um, because he, I mean, how would you... I've sort of got an analogy of how I would describe his celebration, which is it's sort of a cross between Jose Mourinho. Do you remember that time when he was at Inter and he beat Barcelona? He just sort of ran on the pitch with (laughs) his finger in the air. Yes. um, Just saying, you know, it's all about me. It's sort of a cross between that and um, uh, David, Brent and Finchie in the office when they've won the quiz. (laughs) Or rather when they haven't won the quiz, when they've claimed to have won the quiz. They've won the real quiz. They've won the real quiz by throwing a kettle over a pub yeah it's sort of a, a cross between those two um i mean obviously we have we actually have reason to celebrate so it's not exactly the same but he's um yeah how, how would you describe his uh antics um
1: i mean i've i loved gary at the time um uh, i've still got a lot of respect for him um i you know the second time around was not as fun we all know for reasons you mentioned previously i don't like the celebration um to use uh, i think it's a little bit cringe to to use a, a phrase that the kids are using these days yeah I'm i think sort of. I, I don't think it looks good um i think um i don't mean a celebration per se so what i'm saying is when um when a loop manager is kind of lingering for a handshake it just doesn't look you can be a bad loser but you can also be a bad winner and um i think it could have been a little bit more oh I mean, it's such a you mentioned the relief the relief and the release that came from the victory and the promotion. I just think it's one of one of my sole points regarding uh, regarding Gary Mills. He was um, he had these sort of moments in him where it could uh, appear to be um, a little bit uh, a little bit of a unsavory. But that is my personal opinion. I'm sure others out there probably very much disagree with my with me on that one. But uh, even at the time, even like when we're in League Two the next season, I felt very uneasy about about this particular moment.
0: Yeah, I think I was—I'm kind of on the fence about it. At the time, I, I quite enjoyed it because it was—you know—there was such enmity between us and Luton that it was, mm. you know, that and and um, I mentioned the um, the Jason Walker RIP Luton thing in the parade and stuff like that. I was sort of, you know, I, I was on board with that. Whereas looking back, yeah, it's not—it's not maybe the classiest way to yeah. to celebrate, you know, what should be you know, one of the best, uh, you know, things that can happen to supporting a club. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and obviously, yeah, maybe it's soured by what happened with him second time round, where you sort of mm-hmm. seen him seeing Mills in a slightly different light. Because at the time, he was he was sort of seen as the you know the Messiah, really. At oh, Liverpool. absolutely. You know, um, but okay. yeah, then the, obviously the following season he didn't quite get it right, and second time round it it didn't work out. So this was sort mm-hmm. of as good as it would get, really, for for Mills at York.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think we met we we as the supporters we made a lot of it a lot of it at a time but um the whole Wembley twice thing when you when you really sit down and think about it it's quite mad it is incredible that we went to Wembley twice in eight days won
0: both nine days was it nine I thought it was eight days whatever I believe but, um, this was on the Sunday and the uh so this is a very pedantic chat but um, <laughs> the, the trophy had been on the Saturday so if, you, correct, if, you, yeah. if you count both days he's
1: 26 until he's 27 so you know wow. well well <laughs> no but um the whole occasion i think at the time we were kind of uh, a lot of us were talking about how immense it was but in this, i think it's kind of been lost in the sands of time a little bit you know we went to wembley in two consecutive weekends that say that so that's easier and won both finals I'd, I'd say maybe at a canter. Maybe that's being a bit generous. I but think I the, the
0: trophy certain, certainly we were well on top. This one was closer, but I still think we deserved it. Even though there's yes. question marks on both goals, um, we you know we we had plenty of other chances as well. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, it, it was just a wonderful moment for the club. I mean, it's such a I just cannot get over how sour it is now to get relegated four years later because this could have been you know. Ground zero, as it were. this could have been the glorious re-entry into the into the EFL with the seventy-two. But we'll, we'll 72. come on to
0: we'll come on to the the bad times in in future installments. I'm sure. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, this was definitely one of the high points. Um, mm-hmm. any thoughts on sort of man of the match? Um, I don't know who officially got it or anything. But no, I don't
1: know who got it officially either. That's that's a very good point. Um, I don't want to. You know, go for the easy option um, and say, "Oh, your Banjo." And particularly because I believe he got man of the match for the trophy final the week before, yeah. so maybe it's an easy answer. But um, for him to change position and still put in like a nine out of ten performance is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I think I, um... I, I watched lyrical. I watched lyrical about um, Landry, but he was he was a great player for us for for many years. Um, and I think his probably his best performance from a defensive point of view was was this game. Just absolutely incredible work in that second half.
0: Yeah, I can't can't really argue with that. I think um, Blair causes them a lot of problems, even aside from uh-huh. the goal. Jason Walker does does really well against their defence. Um, I think the press, I was reading the press's match report, they gave man of the match to Chris Smith and he does have a really good defensive game, a lot of key blocks and stuff. But yeah, uh-huh. I think ultimately, <clears throat> in terms of, you know, starting off the moves for both goals, two key blocks and just, you know, yeah, filling in two positions, it, it has to be Oyobanjo, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, but yeah. So, so that was that. We moved on to the <coughs> glorious heights of the football league. Luton stayed in non-league, and would it be fair to say they've maybe had the last laugh? It's, it's incredible, isn't it? It's um... just for context. I if if anyone's sort of listening in the in the distant future, we're, <laughs> we're about one week before Luton are about to kick off the Premier League season. Yes, um, uh, whereas York. Uh, only scraped survival to the national league um, last season. So I, th-
1: I think what's like, galling about it is he, I, I personally have got over Luton. I think I I kind of got over it in the mid tens. We 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 won the won the war as it were, and I appreciate that they've now gone on to bigger and better things. I gave up caring about Luton when we were both in league league two in, um, you know that that twenty fourteen era. Um, yeah, I think the hatchet and, was buried, but then you get like some very. Crazy responses on social media, don't you? From supporters of both clubs who try to dig up the stuff that happened from 2009 to yeah, 2012. I don't know.
0: It, it, yeah, if York ever make it to those heights, I'm not sure I'll be still dwelling on non-league rivalries from a decade ago. It seems it seems very odd. I, th- I think um, yeah. you know, Luton. They're obviously, let's face it, they are a bigger club than York. Um, mm-hmm. their, their natural level is, you know, a fair bit higher, and they've they've gone on to prove that. Um, yeah, absolutely. But you know, on on this date, it was us who who came out on top and we can still absolutely look back on that fondly, even if it wasn't there. It wasn't so, I mean, quite the start that we hoped it was gonna be.
1: I mean, in terms of my fandom, I think um it's good that we started, you know, our retro um section honest pod with this particular match because for me this is this is the peak. Um I know um I'm a little bit too young, I wasn't support, I wasn't really much of a York fan. You know, for the uh, United uh, games or the Man City games, etc. But this is this is my peak. This is when it was at its very best. It was a great season, and this was a cherry. on top. This was I was in my mid twenties. I was going home and away. I was having great times in some very strange parts of the country, and this was very much cherry on top. This is when um, I'd say my
0: best favorite moment supporting New York City. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to argue with this season has been yeah probably the the most enjoyable of the last you know twenty twenty five years i mean there's not been that many successful seasons let's be fair but you know the <laughs> brand of football we were playing under mills was exciting absolutely um, you know we weren't performing necessarily to the same level every single week but we were. you know you would turn up thinking that you know there was a chance we were going to put on a bit of a show um absolutely yeah. and you know and we'd had good seasons before like i say the two playoff seasons but it's always the um the way that they've ended means that you can't quite enjoy it to the same extent, whereas this, you know, mm-hmm. had the perfect ending with with the bonus of the trophy win as well. Um, mm-hmm. And sort of at the time, I was like, all oh, right, well, it's nice to win the trophy and the last last time we'll ever enter it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's still uh Well, you say that, Simon,
1: but the, the next time we entered it, we won it as well, so, you know. That's true, every, yeah. Every cloud, every cloud.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts, um, on, on, you know how things have have panned out for the two clubs since then.
1: No, um, got a lot of time for the Luton fans that I know on, on social media. they have sound bunch. Um, the way they've run, they've run the club, it's been fantastic. Exa- you know example to us all. Um, as I say, I've buried the hatchet. I'm sure uh, many Luton fans have, and many York fans have, and they're going to do very well. And hopefully, we'll get to play them again sometime in the future. Whether that be in the cup or in, I doubt it be in the league, but you never know. Um, yeah.
0: And I, yeah, it has been it has been good to see um sort of over this summer the sort of casual fans or premier league fans becoming aware of the entrance to Luton's yeah. way end. Um and, that and becoming, that's the
1: experience that any yeah. football fan needs to try. It's uh, it sure is something.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I think that that about wraps up the uh, the retro section. Um so yeah, we'll we'll move on to looking forward.
1: And just want to say uh on the retro section um if you've got any ideas for um, eras, matches, players, staff, et cetera, that you'd like to us uh, to do a bit of a deep dive on, uh, we uh, are happily taking uh, suggestions. You can do that on our social media uh, with um, our Twitter account, which is at um, same old pod, Or you can contact us via email, which is sameoldcity1922 at gmail.com. We've got a few ideas ourselves, but maybe there's something that might slip our mind. So if you want to, t- something for us to touch on, in our retro section, um, please do let us know.
0: Well, hopefully that was a enjoyable trip down memory lane for you. Um, but we're going to come back to the present now um, and look ahead to what's coming up for City in the next couple of weeks. Um, so we've got two home games coming up, um, Kidderminster on Saturday and then uh, Altrincham straight after that on Tuesday. So we're just going to sort of uh, quickly discuss what changes we expect. You know what we're sort of hoping for out of those games. Um, What do you think would be a good would be a good outcome from those couple of games? I think both of those teams sort of drew at home, first game of the season. So I don't know how much we can read into that. But um, what do you think? We we want to be looking to win at least one of those. You would think.
1: I think the issue is uh, commitments are coming up. Um, I know Russ Penn's there uh manager now um you know, I think I think they're the one that you want to be trying to impose yourself on see what you can kind of do. You're looking at the fitness issues of the players who couldn't play against Wilston. so Woodyard uh, Castro I think Cordner, there's rumors of Condnor's coming back in so he's hoping uh, and you go from there really um I think obviously um how's got a suspension unless we unless we appeal which i presume we won't be doing so he's <laughs> opting him out for the corner and then call, uh, crooks on the next
0: swim yeah it's i guess just, the the bit, question bit annoying, is but, do we hmm. do we stick with the 352 do we think that worked or do we actually go uh, back to 433 three, which it worked seems to a be point the model
1: up. you know it worked to a point but it's the reaction
0: again just
1: stress it's just like if what, the change that the opposition makes you react to it and if it means change of formation and you go for it um, I, I don't have a problem with the three five two. as long as they play football the right way you know they they, they pass the ball the midfield three that we had at Wilston I'm not certain that's the one to like us forward even as soon as Kidderminster but we'll have to see really to be honest with you
0: yeah yeah. I mean like you say with Kidderminster obviously they came up last season they had that good cup run it's hard mm. to know really what to expect when a team comes up because some of them some struggle and some, you know, sort of compete at the top end. So, yeah, don't really have a good sense of of how good they're going to be. Altrincham sort of looked half-decent last season, but I know they had a lot of lone players. Um, so, again, they might be a bit of a challenge. Um,
1: I think they're more of a bogey team, but that's I, I, I don't like stuff like bogey teams because that's based on, you know, recent form. We owe them. We owe them big time for... Uh... The lockdown, lockdown playoff semi-final. We'll see, but um, yeah, I'd, I would love to. Uh, and knocking us out the FA Cup them. that
0: same season, and was it the trophy as well?
1: Yes, uh, FA uh, the the their promotion was uh, League, uh, at Boom Crescent FA Trophy, at Boom Crescent, and uh, it was definitely FA Cup, FA Cup because that was the that
0: was the first yes. game I took my uh, one-year-old daughter to, and um, <laughs> it was all going well. We won a. Penalty, Andy Bond missed it, and she started crying and didn't really stop after that. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll we'll see what happens um, with those games. Um, and then we've got a few other fixtures in August, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, let's take a look at it. Um, so, yeah, Kidderminster and Alteringham at home. And then there's two-way trips, Aldershot and Dawkin. That's right. Um, and then Rochdale at home on... Mm-hmm. Um, holiday Monday, which should be a good one. Um so yeah, I guess we, we should have a better idea of sort of how we might be expecting to do this season by the end of the month. Because there there are a lot of unknowns with so many players coming in. You mm-hmm. know, money's been spent, but we didn't do brilliantly last season, so it's hard to get a sense of where we should be aiming for. Yeah. Um but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. In terms of the league generally, is there anyone you're expecting to be challenging near the top? I know there's a lot of talk about Oldham and then they uh, got done 4-0 by Southend yesterday.
1: I think the issue with the league is if you're going to push for it, if you're going to throw money at the what you want to go get promoted, you do it now. Do it this season. And, you know, if, if the uh, ugly family are going to do that for us, that'd be wonderful. Who knows? Maybe yes, maybe no. But, you um, there's no, there's no Rexham. There's no, there's no Knox County. Just go for it. There's a chance to go for it right now, and it might not be there next season. Is what I'm trying to say. So I think, I think they know that. Uh, I think the inklings is that they know that. Um,
0: do, think do you think really anything other it. than top seven would be a failure this season? Uh,
1: after a half a million pounds in transfer fees this, this summer, I think is a mass. If we didn't get the playoffs, it would be a a massive mistake.
0: Yeah, I mean, can't disagree. Cause, you know, it's not it's not a bad league, but it's not that high quality. There's still a lot of part-time teams who wouldn't be able to mm. spend those kind of sums. Um, so really, yeah, you do want to you do want to get a return on that in terms of challenging near the top of the league. But also, yeah. I think it probably is going to take us a while to gel. There's obviously yeah, the question right. of whether we have the right manager, and you know whether that's going to have to change part way through the season. So yeah, there's just a lot of unknowns, really. Um, I think
1: the uh, the thing there is. Um... I don't want to be a podcast that um, starts shouting for the head of a manager prematurely. I'm not going to do that. Mikey's worth a go. I think he's uh, uh, got a lot of potential as a coach. We'll see. But proof being put in. I think he made a bit of a mistake the weekend just gone. And we'll see from there.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of the rest of the teams in the league, it'd be very surprising if Chesterfield weren't up there in the sort of- Mm-hmm. Top three. Very true, very true. Um, just based on the size of the club and the fact they've done fairly well um recently.
1: Apparently they've signed um they've signed a meme from the twenty sixteen Euros. Is
0: so Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't really Yeah, I don't I don't know what that's all about. Um
1: Yeah, apparently the guy who not an Irish guy, they get on a field, but they've got a song about him. Apparently it's gonna be really good.
0: Yeah, I think well. I think he had some problem with being on fire at one point but um, (laughs) (laughs) hopefully that's all been been sorted now so yeah uh, we're hoping to um, release the next episode of the pod uh, after those two home games Um, and I think at least one of us should be at both games so we should have Mm -hmm. a um, decent perspective on things Um, so yeah sort of expect that at some point next week Um, but yeah uh, thanks for listening if You've got any feedback things you liked didn't like um things you'd like to see uh you know appear on the podcast do let us know get in touch um mentioned it a couple of times already but it's at same old city pod on twitter Um if you really want to send us an email you can do that that's uh, same old city 1922 at gmail.com um anything to add to that ben
1: yeah just wanna say um we set up the social media like on a like on a friday lunch time and very quickly with like about 350 response uh follows absolutely sensational uh, thank you so much it I, i'm i'm really happy about that um th- thanks for giving us a chance um hope you like it and uh yeah as simon says if you want to get in touch please do uh, really really looking forward to hearing from you guys we're a bit of a small community but i think we're uh, quite close to it so um, hopefully you can hear from you guys about uh the current events but also the retro stuff um
0: yeah, no, absolutely echo that. It's It's been fantastic to see people, you know, supporting us before we've even uh, released anything. Um, it's, yeah, it's all come together fairly quickly, I, I think it's fair to say. We were mm-hmm. um, sort of discussing the idea on a, on a park run, obviously, because we're <laughs> two white men in their mid-30s. Why wouldn't we be doing park runs and podcasts? Although at least mm-hmm. it isn't about craft beer, I guess, would be the... Uh,
1: Which is quite funny because I've drank two cans of craft beer during this recording, so...
0: But yeah, thanks very much for listening. And we'll look forward to a couple of home games and hopefully better outcome. Um, So yeah, same old city. See you next time. Keep the faith.